Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! 1-2, drilled in the air. Deep left field. If it's fair, it's going to leave the yard. Cubs take the lead. Christopher Morrell, a two-run homer. Cubs lead 8-7. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez. Cubs taking down the Brewers today 8-7 in Wrigley Field. The score would stay that way after Christopher Morrell hit that bomb to left. Ian Happ was on base. I'm telling you, man, they're having fun. And I'm almost a little jealous. I guess you're always having fun when you're on a four-game win streak. But, I mean, they're doing – and it's funny because the betting lines, and they weren't necessarily heavily in favor of Milwaukee. It was minus 145 to start. That's what Milwaukee was. The Cubs were plus 120. And even the, the, the run line, it was pretty much split down the middle. But the over-under was sitting at 10, which is crazy high. And I'm sure a lot of people bet the under, but 15 runs is a, is a crap load. But – you know, I, I think about the people. I have a couple friends of mine, Ant, that are in Wrigleyville right now. They went to the game, and they're still kicking it. And and it's like, that's the cool thing about a Cubs game during the day is you literally could just spend the entire afternoon right. until the wee hours, like right there in that like two block radius of of hanging out. Are you a are you a big fan of, of Wrigleyville, the Ville, the Ville? Right, yeah. Especially since they've made all all the upgrades to Gallagher Way and just kind of. You know, had Wrigleyville modernized around the stadium. That's made a difference for me in going up there. We took because we we've taken our, our son, you know, down to the South Side to a White Sox game sure. several times. He's only four years old. We took him up to Wrigley for the first time earlier this year, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's a cool experience just because it is you know a lot more kid friendly now than it used to be. In addition to just the bar scene and the hanging out and the drinking and everything else. But now it's just, you know, aesthetically far more pleasing. It feels like it's, you know, not full on amusement park kind of vibe. But, you know, you don't have to go in the stadium and just watch the game to have a good time, be inside having drinks or be outside having drinks. You can, you know, be outside on Gallagher Way just kind of taking it all in and doing some fun stuff, too. So from that perspective, yeah, just as a dad with a young kid, we're starting to take him to some ball games the last couple of years here. Right. Yeah, I, I do like the adjustments they've made up there, and it just kind of suits what we're looking for in a game. But there's a but but that's, you know, grown man, Aunt Heron. I, I'm talking about mm. the Wrigleyville of, of, of old. I'm trying to think back when you were, <laughs> you know, at Iowa or maybe, you know, a bowling brookie in, and you uh, were like, fella, right. were you ever like, yo, let's go kick it in Wrigleyville? Like, was that a hangout spot for you? Nah, it really wasn't, man. Yeah. It really wasn't. Yeah. It just uh, Tyler's shaking. Nah, Tyler's shaking his head right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, if anywhere where we went, we usually went to the south side. We usually went to Comiskey back in the day. Okay. We really didn't go kind of kicking on the north side like that. I mean, I'd been to Wrigley before, but it's far more appealing now for a variety of reasons. South side, just that's part of the city. My family's more in anyway. Right. You know, a blend of Cubs and Sox fans in the family, but. I mean, overall, just, you know, Comiskey appealed to us more than Wrigley ever did. It's funny because I think back to being young and being in Wrigleyville and, you know, like there would be a couple of Jamaican spots that you would go to because you would try to find mm. your, your own spots. Then there was there's a Latin spot down there now. And then you see a lot of Latinos out over there now. So it really is just like a mix of everything. But, man, yeah. there's been some stories, man. Like Clark Street late night is 
is is rough. I mean, Wrigleyville's all <laughs> you know fun during the game, and it's like, oh yeah, ways to go Cubs. But like at seven o'clock after a day game, like whoever's there now, it's like it's like when you stay at a club. If you go out clubbing till five in the morning, and you're that yeah, dude, it just kind of turns into yeah. an episode of The Walking Dead, and then you, you right, really right, can't right, tell right, who's right, truly still. Right. And you, you had know, a conversation really with someone. Earth. You're never gonna remember it. You're never gonna remember uh, it. You don't know if they're yeah. gonna remember it. Tyler, you have any? Uh, any, you know, you're the you're a Cubs fan. You're the Cubs fan here. Any trashy stories you could think of being in Wrigleyville in your short years that you've been over 21? <laughs> I I don't have a trashy story. But Everything have... that happens in Wrigleyville is trashy, my friend. Okay, that's fair. So whatever story a, you're gonna tell is gonna. Be I have trashy. a funny one. So somehow I was visiting my buddy up in Marquette. He was going to school there at the time, and he told me, of course, right when I drive all the way up to Milwaukee, he's like, "Hey, my dad was able to get us all." rooftop spots for game one of the NLCS oh, against nice. the Dodgers. Nice. So I'm like, well, yeah, we're going to go to that. So the plan was that we were going to take the train down there. We missed the train. Mm. I was the only one with a car. There was like 10 of us. I'm driving in my uh, it was an 05 Chevy Trailblazer. And so I had okay. me obviously driving and then my buddy in the passenger seat, four in the middle row, and then like two in the trunk. Oh, my God. So we're driving all the way to Milwaukee, and then we had to drive back. And so everyone's, like, all packed in. They're already pre-gaming. I'm, like, grumpy because I have to drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, luckily, right when I got there, they're like, don't worry. We saved this for you. So I was able to get a little one beer. One, one beer. One beer. They gave him one beer. I mean, that's a – one time my uh, my brother, he uh, broke his – or got his – yeah, he broke his wrist as he got – he got jumped in Wrigleyville. He's an idiot. He's a frat boy. And he went to, went to NIU, and his his – his frat brothers were inside, and he was talking trash to a bunch of dudes okay. outside. And Did I, he know he was alone outside? Yeah. Did he think all his guys were like behind him, ready to ride? For or some what? reason, fraternity people think that they're always nearby at some point or another. Okay. He hit him like this. No. And then the funniest part of the story, because it's Wrigleyville, right? So everyone's trash. The funniest part is then all these guys do eventually come outside. My brother's on the floor. He got jumped, right? He didn't, he didn't know what was going on. Uh, and then. It was he was like hitting people up to come to where he was at. So two different sets of friends end up showing up to this spot that he's at because they were all in Wrigleyville together. Mm. But the two sets of friends didn't know that they were friends with my brother. So they both <laughs> thought they were it was like the Spider-Man meme. They were looking at each other like, were you the one that jumped, Brandon? Were right. you the jump? So right. two of Brand, my brother's friends got into a fight, oh, not man. knowing that they were both there to, to defend. Them. Anyway. When the real villain had already gotten away, exactly. had already made like a dastardly yeah. escape around some <laughs> alley point. somewhere. Yeah. Ah, but you can always count on Wrigleyville for a good time, especially when the Cubs are winning, man. Eight to seven. I mean, it's it's fun to see that. Tyler, you, you, when you see this, do you do you get happy or are you just meh because of the state of the Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs? Like going to Wrigley or just that? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the actual Cubs team now. I mean. I like that the fact that they're winning, You're but mad. I mean, You're mad. I'm mad because yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting them to do good, and I mean, they're not going to the playoffs, so I'm like, okay, cool, you guys are You're, one game better than Tyler. Bad. Do you know what I would give for a four game winning streak for the Chicago White Sox? It'd be more than a meh. I'll tell you that right now. Well, yeah, yeah that's fair in that in that perspective. Yeah, I mean, and, and when you see when you see this Cubs team, I mean, I don't know, I I, I just it throws me off because I'm the only one that's excited right now, and I'm not even a Cubs fan. <laughs> So it's like I'm in bizarro land right now, you know? Right, man. I mean, I think to be able to enjoy this makes sense while at the same time this whole season has been about perspective, and I think that perspective for the Cubs this season has been around just trying to figure out what the future looks like and how quickly the future even matters. And the Cubs have had really mixed signals about that. And I'm not even completely sure that the Cubs organization completely kind of wrapped their minds around coming into the season and throughout all the pre-All-Star break time frame. I don't think the Cubs, I don't think Jed, I don't think everyone else in the, in the ownership, the whole brass, had necessarily figured out specifically what they felt like the timeline should be. There was some talk initially about, you know, we're going to spend this offseason, we're going to be back in the mix next year. Now it seems like that's begun to soften up a bit more here, where maybe it's not next year, maybe we're a couple of years away from this. But part of that, might just be about how quickly they feel like there's some homegrown stars who are worthy of that. They weren't able to trade off, you know, to trade off Contreras, to trade off Hap, get a big return there. And so I do wonder, and, and you know, those two individuals will probably be a big part of just kind of telling the tale 
of whether or not the Cubs are going to quickly try to be back in the mix here because if they're not, then a lot of this just sort of drags it out a little bit more and there has to be patience and perspective on this. How deep is the rebuild? Because they didn't necessarily tear it down in the way that they did back a decade ago, but they traded a whole bunch of you know qualified, quality players off who were part of the World Series, and they just couldn't make it happen at this All-Star break. So how do they manage that? How do the Cubs handle that with Hap and Contreras still on the roster going into the offseason? Well, you know Contreras won't be, but the opportunity to bring those individuals back in because you haven't gotten a return for them at, the, at this point that it was sort of indicated that you were planning to. So I think because the Cubs – haven't necessarily shown full on what they really plan to do and how quickly they plan to compete again. Now it's kind of got, I think, the whole fan base in in a, a little bit of like a purgatory sort of sentiment of we'll enjoy it for the moment, but we don't necessarily know how excited it, it makes sense to get yet because nobody knows when the Cubs really plan to compete again. Yeah, and 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 especially and when you got guys that you that have been performing, but then they're on that roller coaster ride. A guy like. A guy like Keegan Thompson, someone who you've been high on, yeah. but he has rough days like he did today. Here's David Ross talking about Keegan Thompson. I thought early on, especially the first he was getting off his backside, he didn't throw a whole lot of fastballs, which is uncharacteristic of him. The ball just seemed to be all over the place, and they they paid for it. You know, we got to check into that. Going to look at, I think he's got some fatigue probably setting in with the with the season, and we'll we'll take a, a big picture look at that and, and make sure everything's on the up and up with him health-wise, but yeah, I just, you know, he's had a couple here lately that just hadn't been the sharpest. Dave Ross sounding like a manager that understands the highs and lows of a season. Understands that, you know, there's not a ton of pressure on Keegan Thompson, so there's no point in coming down on him on a day when he doesn't have his best stuff. But he is excited to get some people back, right? Like a guy like Nick Madrigal playing for the Cubs consistently, getting those at-bats and trying and getting an opportunity to look at what you got in return for you know, for some pieces last year. So here's Ross also talking about Nick Madrigal today. I think Nick swing the bat, bat phenomenal. I think he's just you know we're at 150 at bats, right? Like it just sporadic early on. He was pressing new team. I've I found a lot of times guys that come over to new team a little bit experience. You just press really hard trying to impress everybody. He wasn't able to get off to a great start. Had a little reset uh, mentally with some some downtime. Has come back really good. I think having some success in his rehab assignment was was big for him and he hadn't skipped a beat since he's come back i think i think health probably has a lot to to do with it but i think mostly it's just about a reset believing in himself uh getting some everyday playing time where he's comfy now and and understands like this was going to take some time with that much layoff to just get into rhythm of the game you need consistency and the cubs fortunately have the opportunity to give some guys at bats day in and day out so that that way he can see what he has, just like Anthony was saying. I mean, you get you have that opportunity. That's where you're at right now. But it's cool to see things clicking, or at least them battling, and then it turning yeah. into some W's. That's that's the cool part about it. On the other side, speaking of battling, we're going to have the opportunity to, to throw a few jabs with my guy Andy Martinez from the Marquee <laughs> Sports Network. He does a great job of, I mean, if you guys think I'm a homer, my boy Andy, he's on it. So, so, if, I, so if I'm the only one excited about the Cubs winning four in a row, I know he's going to match my energy. What does he think about the win streak? And what does he think about the the end of the Cubs season and what it will look like? And we'll play some Elvis. Andy Martinez covered in the Cubs on Friday. And what if I what if I came in with like some smooth like a Marvin Gaye remix for you? Hey, let's do it, let's man. Do let it, me right? know. Let's let me know. I'm on. here. I'm with you. Anthony Heron, <laughs> let's get <laughs> we talked to Andy Martinez on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on 670 to score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One, two. Bouncing ball toward the middle. Madrigal to second. Wisdom to first. Cubs win the ball game. Four, five, three on the double play. And the Cubs win game one of the weekend series. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Let's Anthony Heron and Gabriel with Andy Martinez. Oh, I thought he was. Uh, and I'm surprised he didn't hit me with a harmony right there. I'm over here giving you your Marvin Gaye intro. And he's still not there. <laughs> All right. No, you. I was actually, I was finishing shedding a tear. Chewing. Well, I was finishing chewing. Yes, I was shedding a tear. Okay, that, that's exactly what I was like going that one on there. No, I was in. I was in mid chew. <laughs> we came back with the Marvin Gaye. I was enjoying it without a doubt, but had to uh, had to finish chewing what I was I chewing you, on bro. during the commercial break. I got you. We'll get into what you're eating a little bit a little bit later mm-hmm. in the show. It's tough, man. When you're working at this time, it's it is dinner time. And you're at you're at the mercy I'm a grown of boy, Gabe. Grown whoever's boy. at the house. I get it. I yeah. get it, man. Ah, Chicago Cubs winning their game on a double play again. Two two days in a row where they the game ends on a double play. It's good to see some good defense. It's good to showcase your offensive power. You know, with not only from Wilson Contreras, but the entire squad. I mean, it's tough to come by eight runs when you're going up against the Milwaukee Brewers. But you know, finding different ways to win and. And this was this was an impressive one for the Chicago Cubs, as I mentioned yesterday. After winning their one game series against Baltimore, this if they win one more, this could be their sixth straight series victory. I mean, that's extremely impressive. And and to talk right now more about the Chicago Cubs and what they're doing and where they're going, right here on the Circuit Resort and Casino uh, Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He works for the Marquee Network, covering the Chicago Cubs. Andy Martinez is joining us right here on six seventy The Score. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Andy, no one seems to be excited except for me when I'm watching these Cubs, and I'm not even a damn Cubs fan. I, you know how many people – here's the thing, though, right? You know how many people I've gone up to? I'm not even a Cubs fan. And I'll be like, yo, Cubs, four in a row. People that are Cubs fans, and they're just like, yeah, I didn't even watch the game yesterday. And you're just like, man, that's, this is tough. Andy, it's hard out here for these Cubs fans. Yeah, it is. It's, it's actually the, the most fascinating thing for me right now watching them is – um, you know, everyone talks about development, developing the, the players got to develop. They got to learn all these things. And, and one thing that always gets thrown around is they got to learn how to win. Well, they're kind of doing it right. Like a yeah, game today was a key example. They, they fall behind multiple times and come back. That's how you kind of learn how to win, right? You, you can't learn to win without winning. It's, it might be kind of overstating or stating the obvious, whatever you want to call it. You need to, to win games to, to learn how to win, quote unquote, learn how to win. 
and that's what they're doing, which is which with a lot of these young guys to be able to battle back and you know when you fall behind, you get the lead, you fall behind, you get the lead, you fall behind. Uh, to be able to come back and and win and and hit the ball out of the ballpark, you know, I think that's huge for for a young team. And most of us, probably all of us, would have predicted that the better offense in the city would have been on the south side, but that hasn't been the case. Certainly not as of late. Just specifically with the offense for the Cubs, is, is there much about this? As we, you know, Gabe and I were talking about, you know, how much of this is sustainable? Which player feels like they can be a part of it when? when the Cubs are actually really trying to compete and win at a high level again, what about the current offense does feel sustainable? I think I, I look at the the players that are, are having some success right now, specifically guys like Nick Madrigal and, and Nico Horner and Fran, Mil- Fran Milareas, where, you know, Nick Madrigal is today three-hit game. He's been getting hits and just getting hits, kind of what we saw you know, in the early part of his minor league career and then in the early part of his big league career with the White Sox, you know, he just gets hits. We're finally seeing that out of out of Nick Madrigal. We're seeing Nico Horner, you know, he's hitting at a, at 300 level. And Fran Mel Reyes, who, you know, just a couple of seasons ago hit 37 home runs. He's showing some pop to all, all parts of the field. In Cleveland, he was very much, you know, pull heavy and, and it wasn't leading to a ton of success. Now he's had two triples uh, it, it, since he's become a Cub in, in a couple of weeks where he had two two triples in his whole career before that. Uh, he's showing his pop. He's showing, you know, a little boom to the to the Cubs offense. Those are three things that, I, you know, I think are, are very very sustainable and, and are very good building blocks for, for the Cubs. And when I think about this Cubs team and I'm looking at guys like Keegan Thompson, I mean, Andy, you and I, we've had an opportunity to talk about him in the past and what he's done to the team. What did you see from today's outing and that, that you did not like? For me, it was just the, the fatigue, right? Where I, we, it's it's sometimes over. You overthink it, or you know, I do it myself. Where it's like, you know, it's August, like you know, he's still got a month and a half of the season. But you know, I was talking to some veterans, veteran starters today, and I was asking them, you know, what's the biggest thing when you're a big league starter for a full season for the first time? And they said, one of them said, you know, it's it's doing it for a whole year. When you're a, a minor leaguer and you're a starter, your season ends you know, right around the beginning of September. So right now you're like, you're, you know, oh, two weeks left of the season, like uh, I'm, I'm almost mentally checked out or I'm getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, when, you're, when you're in the big leagues, that's still six weeks left and your arm's tired, your body's tired. You're trying to do, go through the process while you're tired. And that's kind of what it seems like it's seeing out of, out of Keegan Thompson right now. He didn't want to admit it. I mean, you don't, he doesn't want to make excuses, obviously. But that's kind of what it looks like, where maybe there's a little fatigue setting in, which which is natural to, when you think of a big league pitcher going through his first time, you know, in a big league season as a starter, where you're going every fifth day for for from you know really March with with spring training to to almost October. Andy Martinez with Marquee Network here with us on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score, and um. Yeah, because we we've seen Christopher Morrell be a guy who who shows the exuberance and and shows some pop to the bat and shows some versatility. Uh, I'm just wondering, is he, if if nothing else, personality wise? I'm wondering, can he be a guy who becomes the face of this ball club, even though he's not going to have to be the one who they pay any legitimate or significant money to? But is does he have the makings of being a guy who can kind of be the face of the new Cubs? It's funny you say that because today I was when I was walking around the ballpark, uh, I was looking around and and I'm I'm like oh there's a Morel jersey oh there's another Morel jersey oh there's another Morel jersey mm. Three, it seems like the first time like I'm starting to see more and more Christopher Morel jerseys like I, there's plenty of of other of other players jerseys but Morel was kind of like oh that's 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 new that's the first time I've seen that many Christopher Morel jerseys so yeah th- there's definitely a possibility there and. He's always, I mean, if you look at his numbers over the last, I want to say like last month or so, he's, he's kind of been struggling, but he's never lost that childhood, childish vibe where he's, he's just always happy and always excited to be playing. Um, where it, it's, it's very beneficial for, for him to kind of go through that, to have that, to not, get the, not let the lows be too low or not let the highs be too high. And he was kind of rewarded with that today where, you know, he, he legs out a little infield single and then he hits a, a two-run homer to, to make up for an error uh, earlier in the ballgame. The, the exuberance, the excitement that he has is contagious, and, and it's, it's, very, it's very helpful 
for him, and it's definitely something that can be built upon for, for, for the Cubs moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he's a fun guy. I mean, when you're buying somebody's jersey, it's because you genuinely like that dude, and you're like, I want to have a beer with him. I love cheering for him. He seems exciting. I think, because listen, the casual, the, the diehard fan loves the purity of, of baseball, but the casual fan loves the excitement, and, and the excitement doesn't come too often. So when you see a guy like Morrell, you, you want a champion for the guy. So I could see that. Somebody who I also think is very exciting that I feel like Cubs fans are going to continue to enjoy is Nick Madrigal. Today, obviously, you know, three for four, you know, was part of that uh, game-ending double play. When you when you watch Nick Madrigal and you think about him as the player and, and where he fits in uh, with this Cubs organization, do you think he's going to be a guy that can stick around? Or, or do you feel like he's going to be good enough to be a part of it, like a, a trade chip in the future as the Cubs are making moves to fill that, figure out what their roster is going to look like? In his case, it's definitely about control where he's still under team control for, for a little bit. So I think there's definitely that the possibility that he stays around for, for you know, a, a competitive cycle. He's, he's a very good hitter, like just a pure hitter, right? It's almost like a throwback player when you watch him play. It's like, oh, single to right field, single to left field, single up the middle. It's It's not, you know, he's not hitting it. 420 feet like a lot of players do nowadays he's just a, a consistent slappy hitter and sometimes that's all you need in an offense right where you know you, you you've got the bases loaded you worked a couple of walks you you've got some hitters on on base and, and you want to drive them in and a little you know a little single to right field might drive in a couple of runs that's very uh, that's a, another you know the, 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 a lot of the guys keep saying you want to have multiple to uh, multiple uh, clubs in your in your golf club when you're golfing you know you you want to be able to you don't want to always be driving you don't always want to be chipping having someone like Nick Madrigal that can kind of just spray around hits is, is beneficial and, and is very versatile for for an offense but Nick let me ask you this though or excuse me uh, Andy let me ask you this about Nick you know if you're talking about and I'm talking about the Cubs here if they're talking about signing a shortstop in free agency and then you're saying Nico Horner then moves over to second where does that leave Nick Magical, you know, in that in that scope in the grand scheme of things? That's a good question. It could be as a DH. It could be as you know a, a platoon with with you know whatever situation they bring in in terms of if there is a shortstop that comes in. It, it kind of creates a lot. Of, it kind of creates a good headache for in a lot of ways where it's it's like all right, well, Nick Madrigal's swing playing right right here might be better against this pitcher who throws a lot of you know you know high fastballs that are are hard to hit he can kind of, you know, get those base hits to the opposite side of the field or, or spray the ball around. And it just creates a little bit more options for David Ross in his offense where he's not, you know, pigeonholed into keeping one guy at second base or one guy at shortstop. It creates a lot of versatility like we see with Christopher Morrell where today he's playing shortstop, but tomorrow he could be in center field. Tomorrow he could be at second base. Having that flexibility is kind of good for, for, for a team. And you love the flexibility that's there. You also – Love the way that David Ross has begun. You know, it's been a little while now, but begun managing with a level of aggression with the lineup there amongst the major league leaders and steals. That, going back to my prior question, I'm wondering if that's something we see sustaining itself. Is that an adjustment that he's only made because of the youth, because of just trying to get some action going here when the offense was struggling earlier in the season? Or is this just an approach? Is this a style that David Ross plans to manage with moving forward? I think it's a little bit with what he has at his disposal right now. If, if you look at someone like Nico Horner or Nick Madrigal that are going to put the ball in play a lot more often than not, you want to get a guy in motion, right? Because if you hit a ball to the opposite field, you hit a single, you know, instead of it being first and second with one out, maybe it's first and third with one out. It creates a lot of – it puts the pressure on the pitcher, it puts the pressure on the defense to make the right play. And having those hit-and-run situations are very crucial – He's been very aggressive, but he's also known when to pick his pockets. There was a there was an extra inning game earlier this season where a, a run wins the game. Patrick Wisdom's up to bat. The runner's at second. The the, the ghost runner, whatever you want to call him, at, is at second base. And instead of you know you know the, the 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 consensus would probably be, hey, I should probably bunt him over, and then a sack fly wins you the ball game. Patrick Wisdom, that's not his game. So you want him to keep swinging away. Patrick Wisdom, if I remember correctly, I believe struck out or, or grounded out. Something happened. He, he didn't move the runner over. And that was, you know, an interesting talking point after the game. Would you have, if it was someone else, would you have bunted him over, created a sack fly opportunity? That's kind of the the progression that you see. And, and honestly, we're seeing a lot of growth from David Ross as a manager. Last week he mentioned it. He took Showman out of the game in, in Washington 
And then after the game, he says, you know, I, I went up to Stroman afterwards and said, hey, I took you out too early. And he realized that that was a learning experience for him. That's something that, you know, he's growing just like some of these young players are. And it's good to see because that's what you want. I mean, and when we've talked about it before, his relationship with the players is what's ex- it's important and, and why people want to play hard for him. And when he's doing stuff like that, players love when you take accountability and say, and say hey, you know, this is, this is all right. Take accountability and say, hey, man, I made a mistake because then it makes you want to play harder for them in the future. And, and, and the Cubs are trying to do that tomorrow as they try to take the second game of the series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Stroman, as you were just mentioning, he's actually going to be on the bump again going against Freddie Peralta. What do you think is going to happen the rest of this series, Andy? Do you feel as though the Cubs are going to, you know, take these last two or, or or one of the last two? Or do you think that the Brewers are finally going to step it up and play to the potential that they know they can compete on, level they compete on? It's really interesting because the Cubs have had the Brewers' number all year. They haven't had many teams' number, but they've definitely had the Brewers' numbers all year. Uh, I don't know, for whatever reason it is, They've had a lot of success with the Brewers. They, they've, they've won a lot of games against uh, against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's in a in a tight race for the Central and, and probably it might have to settle for the wild card if they don't start winning some ball games here. They need to pick up these wins. And these are, when you look at the schedule, if you're Milwaukee, these are the games you have to say, we need to win these. Freddie Peralta is a really, another really good young pitcher that, that Milwaukee has. Stroman has been really effective since he's come back from his bout with COVID, but he's a little, struggled a little bit at home. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow with that matchup. There's also some rain on the forecast. So I, if there is a game too, that's the other big if, you know, I don't want to put it at it as, as you know, this is Andy, be a great Andy, bad bunny is going to be here tomorrow. Do not wish rain <laughs> on the city of Chicago. People want to be dancing might, and perreando out there to the, in the rain. That'll be sexy. They and they might they might want to. Bad Bunny might still make it a really good show with the with the with the water going on. <laughs> It'll be a great one. What do the Cubs end up doing with Wilson Contreras after the season? They definitely are probably going to saddle him with the qualifying offer, and then it's going to be a, an interesting question whether Wilson accepts it, whether he you know decides to explore his options. You're this close to free agency. You kind of it, it, everyone wants to see what they are worth on the open market, right? You want to know what other teams are offering, what other teams think of you, and this is your one opportunity when you think about it. In Wilson Contreras' case, the, the next contract with his age that he signs, unless it's a for some reason a short-term deal, is prob- could be his last contract. He might not hit free agency again. I think there's a really good chance that he explores free, the free agent market. And then, you know, as as we've seen with plenty of players, it, it's not a guarantee that, that anyone can stay. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see. Andy, we appreciate you jumping on as always. Talk to us about the Cubs. And I know that now after talking to you, I'm not the only one that's excited about their four-game win streak. Yeah, and uh, as you said, they, it could continue. We, we never know, but we, we got to make sure there's a there's a game played, and hopefully, Bad Bunny can go go on with that. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, have a good weekend, and uh, and you t- I know your girls, dis- your your wife's disappointed you couldn't get tickets. I know that. All right, Andy Martinez from the Marquee Sports Network, right here on six seventy. The score. Hey, where's uh where's Bad Bunny at? Soldier Field, Papa. We big time okay, now. Because tonight, man, the. Neighborhood right here around Soldier Field, where I live at, man, is hopping tonight because of I think it's Red Hot Chili Peppers is here tonight. So oh, we're going really? Back to back, man. Oh so man. With the with the Bears playing at home next Saturday, we saw how that first preseason game oh, looked. <laughs> yeah, and that was an Elton John concert. That was like a week before that. That was just one of it. So they're going back to back nights, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then Bad Bunny at Soldier Field, and, and you know they're going to be dancing. Red Hot Chili Peppers might be oh, moshing. No but but bad bunny they're they're going to be <laughs> dancing for sure at that one what do you i want i wanted to ask you about about Wilson Contreras as we just you know wrap up this cubs conversation all right i'm i'm trying to i, I get you know you're the you're the professional athlete this is why i get to lean on you for all these things mm-hmm. when I, when you're thinking about wilson where do you think his head is at i mean you know he wanted to stay here but do you think he wants to go somewhere else and t- for for mo- with, with money like is money the the number one factor for Wilson? If you were him and in that free agency place in Chicago, still like knowing that they're going to give you that qualifying offer, knowing all the stuff, like what do you think? Where do you think his mind is at with, with that whole situation? I think money money certainly has to be at the top of the list, but it's not the only factor. You know, if, if there's a situation like let's say where 
you know, Chris Bryant ends up going out to Colorado, and it's almost like, man, nobody's ever going to hear from KB again, and his season still hasn't gone well, and it's an awful ball club. Does Wilson Contreras want to deal with that? We already saw even last season after they traded some guys away, or really even shortly before they started trading a bunch of the, the other guys from the World Series roster away, where he got perturbed by it. He was starting to comment publicly just on trying to get the team going, and he, he doesn't necessarily seem to, to handle situations where – where things aren't kind of up to snuff, where where a ball club who he's with, and this at this point it's been Chicago, it's been the Cubs his entire career as an amateur and a professional. He's been with this organization for so long now, but when things haven't been good, Wilson has had a tough time dealing with that. So if he's going to go sign with somebody, you definitely want the opportunity to see what your what your market value is. But if I'm him, and the impression I get is that it's not just going to be about top dollar. It's going to be about having the opportunity to go somewhere, be around excellence, be around winning, be around a ball club that's going to, you know, at least be kind of going for some sort of a championship window because now that he's going to be on the other side of 30 throughout a a lot of the life of this next contract, there's going to be his chance to see if he can get another ring. And it it feels to me like that's important to him. Yeah, I mean, and and it should be. I mean, the money's important, but I guess I just look at Wilson and I'm, I'm like, damn, you know, here you are in this position, prime of your career. You really get to dictate whatever it is that you want. You love the city, but you probably didn't necessarily love how they, you know, not only treated you at the tail end of your contract, but maybe some of the others that were here. And I'm yep. just, I'm just curious, like deep in his heart, what he's feeling. I mean, he's still smacking Homer, so obviously he loves the Cubs, right? He loves where he's at, loves what he's doing, and he's still giving, you know, 100% max effort. But it, 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 it's going to be so much fun to watch that play out, whether he does end up in Chicago or he does be, uh, he ends up moving on. Just that storyline itself is, is going to be interesting for the organization, but even more importantly for Wilson Contreras. You just hope it's multiple suitors, I, I think, is what, what really from Wilson Contreras' perspective, you want it to be multiple suitors because you don't want to end up in a situation where where it's just one ball club willing to offer you, you know, kind of the, the top end of the market money, and that's kind of the only situation. It sounds like that's the position Chris Bryant kind of found himself in where Colorado was the main ball club willing to go to sort of the huge dollar figure. Right. For Contreras, yeah, he's 30 now and he's a catcher, but you do have the DH potential worked in there and he's having the best season of his career at the plate. So factoring that in, then he seems like he could be in a strong position to have multiple suitors, multiple squads willing to say, we'll bring in this veteran catcher who still has a number of years of high-level baseball and athleticism in him. We don't have to play him behind the plate every day with the way the rules have been restructured for, for the National League. So it seems like he should be in a strong position. And does he give the Cubs some kind of a hometown discount? I'd be surprised by that, you know, mm. if I'm being honest with you. I know. It's like – that phrase doesn't get thrown around too often. We it, it's wishful thinking, but but yeah. the hometown discount right. just doesn't happen as often as, as we would like. All right, I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. We will continue to be live and local, talking about your favorite sports teams on the other side. We'll do that right after this on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on six seventy the score in Odyssey Station. Now, Ant. Fantasy football, is, is all the drafts are upon us, and I felt like it was important for me to get your take before my drafts. You know, it's like I get a cheat sheet here. We can talk now to how you. Many, how many leagues are you in? I'm only are in you two. one of these guys that does like no. eight teams? No, 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 no. Too okay. many. Too many leagues makes your 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 preparation watered down. So yeah. You got you to gotta limit. But what I do is this. I'm in two fantasy football leagues. Okay. And then I'm in Reasonable. two pick'em leagues. Where you know you just pick the winners of the week, and then you know what I'm saying like you put like a, the confidence one, you put the numbers near them. Last uh-huh. last year, I'm really upset at myself. Last year there was one week, one where I got every single pick correct, and you win like an extra two fifty if you do something like that. I was the only person to do it all all season long, but I got every game right. Wow. And but the problem was you know you only get like two fifty for doing something like that, but I didn't bet in real life like I'm not, I bet all the time you know what I'm saying like I got apps on apps on apps I work on BetQL uh, I do all this stuff uh, and I literally just kicked myself because I was like if I would have done a 17 team parlay and laid like one dollar down it probably would have made me like 10 grand or something like that it would have been wild but needless to say I didn't so that's why I need your help with this fantasy stuff so here's here's what I'm thinking Ant. what you got I have a, a, this website fantasy pros up and there's a lot of guys that are listening that watch 
uh, and play fantasy football, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so th- what they've done is they've put these guys into these tiers, which we hear about so often. And we know who the top tier guys are in every category. That's that's there, that we know who those people are. But what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mention some guys that are in tier two, like the, the second group of guys. And I want to know if any of the tier two guys should have been in tier one. Because okay. that's how I'm going to be able to figure out who I should be drafting and what steals I can finally, you know, kind of kind of do. But I'm, I'm going to do that by picking your brain. And I'm going to start with the quarterback position. Some people don't like to pick quarterbacks early. I have zero problem with it because it gives you a ton of points. But here's the tier two for quarterbacks according to Fantasy Pros. Four guys. You tell me of those four which ones should be in tier one. And they are in order. Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Tom Brady. Of those four, now mind you, you got to be thinking about like rushing touchdowns for the quarterback because that could separate some people. Lack of intercept, you know, the the, the amount of intercept interceptions because that that'll obviously affect you in a positive way. But of those four guys, who do you think should be in tier one, if anyone? I think, I mean, Tom Brady. He wasn't early in his career a guy who who was a, a tier one fantasy level quarterback. He just won a bunch of games early on in New England. But now he's at a point where he's still, even at this point, at the advanced age in his mid forties, still perennially amongst the league leaders in yards and touchdown passes. So I don't see any reason to think Tom Brady wouldn't continue that trend of being a tier one quarterback from a fantasy perspective. And Kyler Murray, surrounded by weapons in in Arizona at this point too, got the big contract, but can have a chip on his tiny little shoulders going into this season too, (laughs) just because of how everything played out with the, you know, the language in the contract and the fact the organization wasn't quick to, to give them and they didn't give them as much guaranteed money as you've seen some of the other top quarterbacks sign for out there. So I do think Kyler Murray, just from a fantasy perspective and within the offense that they run there and he'll continue to scramble around and put up yards and touchdowns with his legs also, then I would see definitely Tom Brady, Kyler Murray. I think both of those from a fantasy perspective should be viewed as tier one. Jalen Hurts, I'm, you know, I, I think the rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, that, that will matter. Will the passing numbers end up putting up big fantasy numbers? The turnovers, you know, how how much can that end up negating things as well? I don't necessarily go into the season seeing Jalen Hurts as a surefire tier one fantasy quarterback. Yeah, and then Joe Burrow too. You're just not sure, you know, what's going to happen there. But I would say Kyler Murray as well. That would be my guy that I would sneak Mm -hmm. in just because of the rushing touchdowns. You know, on on the goal line, he's going to be one to vulture, as they say, a touchdown away from, Hmm. you know, some of the running backs that they have or or maybe even some bigger – targeted wide receiver so Kyler Murray can do that for you and he can help you out I like it Kyler Murray round three for me in in the, my fantasy football drafts moving on to the running backs oh wait you know what I didn't even tell you who was in tier one I'll just say that quickly okay tier one for the quarterbacks obviously Patrick Mahomes is in there Justin Herbert right is in there and then um oddly Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson is in there in the tier one I thought that was uh I thought that was extremely interesting. No, I'm good with that. Assuming health. Assuming health, I'm good with that because the the numbers, you know, from a passing touchdown perspective, the passing yardage won't necessarily blow you away week in and week out. But he puts touchdowns on the board. He tends to have a a good completion percentage. So you'll you'll at least get consistency there. And then, of course, the rushing numbers continue to be spectacular with Lamar Jackson and he set a timeline, man. He said, if we don't have a deal done by the start of the regular season, we're done negotiating, which means he is playing in a contract year. So there's no reason to think. As long as he's healthy, man, Lamar Jackson, we should continue to see him ball out. So I'm good with that. I think the, the numbers are definitely going to be there for him. Justin Fields is in Tier 4. I know we all care about where our Chicago guys end up. All right, speaking of rushing and Lamar Jackson. Is that out of like 18 tiers or I know, is 4 right? the lowest? Damn, I think man, uh, I, I, I didn't want to scroll down anymore, Ant, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, it's Anthony Heron, Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Just talking a little fancy real quick. I know a lot of drafts are coming up. And I'm talking of guys that are in Tier 2 in these respective positions, and I'm asking Ant, which of these guys should then be in Tier 1? Uh, moving over to the running back position, there's only three guys in Tier 2. Only three guys, and it's Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, and Nick Chubb. Who of those three do you feel like will have the biggest impact for their team and and should be in Tier 1? You know what, man? I could really see Najee Harris in his second year in Pittsburgh. He's an extremely talented guy, 
and he's going to have Mitchell Trubisky as his quarterback. So the Steelers aren't going to be in offense, even though you know we saw them draft a receiver that, that a lot of us thought in George Pickens. Maybe the Bears should have went with him in the second round. They yeah. didn't. He's in Pittsburgh. So there's some weaponry outside, but I don't necessarily see Mike Tomlin allowing the Steelers to just have Mitch Trubisky out there throwing it 40 to 50 <laughs> times a game. So they're going to hand it to Najee Harris. They are going to throw it to Najee Harris, and he is an extremely effective pass receiver out of the backfield. I mean, he, he's one of these guys who, if they just said, you know what, just start lining up at wide out, man. We're good at running yeah. back. We just need some more help at wide receiver. Najee Harris could get away with it and do that. So I see him this season having a big year from a fantasy perspective. If he's viewed as tier one, he's one who I could see vaulting into that. Or if he's viewed as tier two going into the yeah. season, I could see him vaulting into that tier one discussion very early in the season. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And he's coming into a sophomore year, so yep. understands the game a little bit more. And even if they stack the box with Mitch Trubisky being there, he's still a, a type of running back that could break one easily because of his talent and skill set. You, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Mixon, you, you love what he does, but he's he's a bit injury prone. And Nick Chubb, the same thing. I mean, neither one of those guys are going to give you a ton of a ton of games throughout the season. So I can see Najee Harris. If you're wondering where David Montgomery is, and you guessed wildly number four, you're absolutely right. Just like Justin Fields, he's in the fourth, oh. in the fourth tier. I think he's going to have a better year too. Uh, let's go ahead and move to the wide receiver group before we get out of here. Uh, there's only three. I think it's interesting. There are only three guys in the first tier: Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase. That's it. That's your tier one for wide wow. receivers. Okay. But there's a handful of guys in tier two. So I'm interested to hear Anthony Heron who you feel could could or should be in tier one when it comes to the wide receivers in the NFL. You got Stephon Diggs, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, and Tyreek Hill. I'll say that again. Stephon Diggs. Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, and Tyreek Hill. Give me Devontae Adams all day, man. He is back with his college teammate, him and Derek Carr. They did some special things together at Fresno State. I called a couple of their games when they were teammates back in college, and just watching the two of them back then, the special bond that they had there, and Devontae Adams, he hadn't been shy about saying, man, this is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I got right here. I'm going for Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. And so as boisterous as he's been, just showing the excitement he has about being back with his dude, with his old college teammate from Fresno State, I don't have any doubt in my mind. I mean, and how much other, you know, you got a, got a tight end there as well, obviously, with the Raiders. But the weaponry that's available, Derek Carr, to me, this looks like a career year that's on the way here for Derek Carr, where he's been a quarterback who's put up nice numbers. There was even one season he was in that MVP conversation until a back injury late in the year. But he's been a quality guy. Throughout his entire career, it hasn't always been a quality situation. So this is a year to me with a new regime and having his main weapon, one of his best friends back there, maybe the best receiver in football out there in Las Vegas with him. I think Devontae Adams, he, he is definitely going to be a guy putting up huge numbers. That's a tier one all day to me. I'm glad you said that because I've been worried. I'm like, man, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you know, mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, like they, they got guys that – yeah. can contribute offensively, but I wondered how Devontae was going to factor into that. But I love hearing you say that because it gives me it gives me some hope when I'm when I'm working on my fantasy drafts. And hopefully that helped you guys out too, just to kind of throw some guys out there that might be tier two that, hey, we put a little bit of different value on and it might get you that championship in your league. We didn't do tight ends because Anthony and I both agree that the guy that should be in tier one is Cole Komet. Did you see what I did there? You saw what I did there. Okay. And if you're curious, Darno Mooney, tier five. Tier five. That's, they got five tiers. Gee, they got like in, in the wide receiver position. I'm already. They have tier twelve. So it goes Wait, down. That so far. so Justin Fields and David Montgomery are in higher tiers tier than Darnell four. Mooney. Yeah, bro, it's so hilarious. The guys, wow. the guys they have above them are like Gabriel Davis from Buffalo, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh, Jalen Waddle, Terry McLaurin. I mean. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see. Uh, I guess part of that is just the assumption the Bears' passing attack won't be great. That's this what year, this, I of course. That's the assumption. Yeah. Everybody feels that. But yeah. you know what? There are going to be some darlings. I mean, they're wrong. It, I was going to say, and it may or may not be the <laughs> Chicago Bears. But we get the opportunity to talk to Michael Yam, of course, network anchor, or excuse me, anchor mm-hmm. for NFL Network, and of course, host at Sirius XM. I'm going to ask him who is going to be the surprise team of the upcoming season. And. Do their name starts with C and B, the Chicago Bears? <laughs> we know the answer to that, but we'll get his true answer on the other side. Right here on 670 The Score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. We'll do that right after this. 
Mullen Hall, Chicago's number one most listened to sports morning show, 5.30 till 10 a.m. NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Roquan, in this defense, the way you're supposed to run to the ball and lows aren't accepted and all that kind of stuff, he's going to be the leader of this group, and you're going to need a leader. You want to try and emulate what they did in Indianapolis, Roquan would be the guy to start with. Mullen Hall, mornings 5.30 till 10 a.m. on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. My kitchen is the heart of my family's home. That's why I trust Studio 41 for quality kitchen cabinets, sinks, and faucets. They have a wide selection for any budget. Plus, their customer service team made my renovation easier. Visit ShopStudio41.com to get started. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers, captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new, revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers, now only on Hulu. So, about our summer road trip. (gasps) New York City. Or the Grand Canyon. Five-star hotels. Or backpacking. The spa. Or how about... Oh, never mind. (laughs) Wherever you go this summer, start with a great deal on a new Hyundai. It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Right now, get 2.99% APR financing on our most popular sedans and SUVs. See your local Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealer today. Offer ends September 6th. Call 224-661-0068 for details. There's magic in the world. People will tell you there isn't. They just want you to get back to work. Be quiet. And not ask questions. Those people need 1-800-GOT-JUNK. When you've seen the magic. And felt the magic. You can no longer deny the magic. We make junk disappear. All you have to do is point. And now we pause for a word from Charlotte, the junk fairy. A friend is a person who always brings a little magic with them. Be a friend. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.COM. If you are drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of the special IRS tax programs that are available and will free you from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardships consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and can't afford to pay them back, or you even have years of unfiled tax returns, We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.